This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook here at the greatest stadium ever created at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, and that's a billion-dollar screen behind me, but it's also a billion-dollar smile in front of me. <laughs> Hunter Claudius is my man. He is an actor which everybody knows he's an amazing actor, comedy, drama, he can do it all. But why I wanted him here is that most people don't know that he's an inspirational speaker. Mm. He is a thought leader and also an entrepreneur. Welcome to The Playbook. David, the intro was so kind. You are uh, one of the kindest humans I've ever met. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. And I think that is an important thing because in our business, our industry, sports and entertainment particularly, Kindness seems to be something that is a second priority. And I know you're friends with Austin Eckler and so am I. And, you know, I've been around some of the greatest athletes in the world. But unless they're kind, I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> Same thing with the actors that I'm around and entertainers. When did kindness become such a priority for you? Great question. And I don't know if it's a secondary thing to most people. I think it just might be a false first. Nice. Right? I love that. Like, like, like yeah. I yeah. am, and this is what I think, this is what I want people to think I am. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I, I found that being genuine mattered most was when my head hit the pillow at night. Right? Wow. So I needed my own approval of my own self. I always uh, believe that we can only give as much as we are, therefore we must become, right? We must, we must bridge that gap of um, who we wanna be versus who we are today. And I think that just comes from being our own mentor, our own coach, if you will. And uh, kindness was something that has been rooted in me since I was a kid. I'm originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and very fortunate to have an amazing mom and dad and older sister who always uh, would get in trouble before I had to so I could learn from her. But I saw her use her charisma and kindness to um, have my parents say, okay, well, don't do it again. And then I saw my mom and dad be so understanding and forgiving when I would make a mistake here and there. So I just always saw that, that kindness and honesty, which kind of go hand in hand, uh, really uh, elevated who I was at my core as a person. And I think before we can really give to our lives professionally, we have to take care of who we are personally. And a lot of what you talk about is looking within, building within, in several different nuances, you suggest that we can't give what we don't have, so we have to focus in on developing who we are and what we have, which leads me to one of the biggest energy sucks that exists today between this I am, my essence, the kindness, genuine gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability that you represent to me, and something that is in every realm, especially in social media, the this is what I want people to think I am. Mm. Now, obviously, when you're an actor, that's what you do for a living. This is what I want people to think I am on the screen. Right. But off the screen, a lot of people are playing the same role. They're just not getting paid as much. Yeah. Uh, how do we help people feel comfortable with I am and I want to become this, not I want people to think I am this. Oh, it's so good. I think understanding that to be imperfect is to be beautiful. 
is to be unique. Easy for you to say because you're so damn good looking. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, I can say people are resonating with me. That's for sure. Well, well thank I'm you. <laughs> Again, it's, it's, the, it's the imperfections. It's the shortcomings that we all individually have that actually holistically and collectively bring us together. And I think when we can lean into that, and it's so scary to be bad at something. It's so uh, uh, scary to potentially get made fun of or to have people think that we are less than. But I think, and I always go back to one of my favorite quotes, which is, you know, the man in the arena. And there's so much more honor being in the arena, being on the field, uh, making the mistakes, and then having the kindness uh, to share those with other people who are perhaps on a similar path. And the similar path, again, I don't want us to get confused with a professional path. Professional is literally a byproduct of who we are personally and what we kind of manifest and believe in and wherever we put our efforts and our work. So I think we all are much more similar than we are different. And I think when we lean into uh, growing and sharing and showing who we are as a human being, flaws and all, it makes us not only much more connected to people, but also with our true self. And a lot of people may not know that you're also a great athlete. I mean, you played shortstop at Alabama, you're a baseball player. Last week I was with uh, Angelo Pizzo, uh, who was the director, producer, screenwriter for Rudy and Hoosiers. And I was talking to him about rejection. A sea mm. of no's is the way that I suggested it. Mm. And I was kind of looking through your bio and I'm like, Talk about someone like me that has just been swimming in a sea of no's because anyone that understands baseball, it's the one of the only sports where literally you could fail seven times out of 10 and be an all-star, not even, you know, just average, yeah. an all-star. Yeah. And, you know, to look at your career, you've been swimming in a sea of no's, but you come from all this positive family influence a positive mindset. You were born with a happy gene. I can see that in you. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be happy all the time. Right. But Angelo Pizzo described it to me this way, and I would love for you to reflect on it. He said, it's amazing. He goes, being in the entertainment world as a screenwriter, for example, and I did, you know, Hoosiers is my first film. And the minute when it was over, I had to go jump back into the sea of no's and I'm swimming towards an island of yes that I don't even know exists. Does that resonate with you? A hundred percent. I actually have videos from one of the first projects I ever worked on and I was walking to my car and it was after a big setup and everything. And the feeling that I felt was one of, I'm headed back to the sea of no's. And there's such a high that comes with success and such a lull that potentially comes with the in-between moments. And I really think it goes back to falling in love with the process more than the prize. And I think how we fall in love with the process more than the prize is understanding that that is when the growth happens. That is when our greatness is actually planted. It's not when we receive an accolade, an award, or a prize. It is in that process. It is in those no's that we actually become who we're meant to be. Now, I do a lot of studying of Lao Tzu and the Tao Te Ching and understanding the way and understanding what I do have control of and what I don't have control of this idea of mm. ferocious Buddha or allowance. Um, you have a lot in your life that you don't control mm. and you're at a very high frequency and elevated spiritual essence. In my opinion, you have a great awareness, a great old soul wisdom to you. How do you look at what you don't have control of and utilize what you do? That's something that I've really uh, 
focused more on controlling what I can control. And especially when you're in an artistic world where it is so subjective, it's not always the best player plays. And as I've gotten older, I've realized so is business, so is life. Just because you're the hardest worker doesn't necessarily mean things are going to go your way. Doesn't mean they're not going to go the right way. Right, the way. <laughs> right? Ah, oh, you're so good. Yeah, I might throw little things in there, but but you're so in tune uh, and here with me right now, present, that you'll catch the little things. Yeah, um, the right way might not immediately, initially be your way, but I think as we grow mature and we understand, okay, everything is for me, not against me, then we can appreciate certain things more and, and continue to be a student of life, which is ultimately, I think, uh, our greatest honor to, to continue to learn and, and, and study and get better so that we can lead and guide and share. I, I always say life is a team sport and it's just so much better when you can, can give things that you've received or perhaps haven't received, but always wanted when you can give to others, it's, it's the most rewarding thing you can possibly do. And in the context of the skills that we have developed, and the knowledge of who and what of what we've learned that determines in my opinion your basement especially mm -hmm. in the realm of sports i'll look at quarterbacks a lot i've been blessed to be around aikman moon and young to start at least steinberg and the ecklers of the world today and the chandlers the great athletes of and chicharito by the way is also <laughs> a, a, another compadre of mine um but their skills and knowledge are their basement and so when you're a frustrated athlete like me it was a great realization to say hey ryan leaf his basement is above my potential, but what's going to determine my fulfillment, passion, and purpose with sports, for example, is the delta that existed between the basement I was given, the genetic and energetic inheritance of my skills and knowledge of, let's say, football, but my potential, that delta was determined by my desire. And when I applied that delta to things that I was elevated in my mm. basement, it created this extreme abundance where do you think your skills and knowledge lies of you know this ability that you have genetically and energetically inherited to have such a high basement at certain things to combine with this great mindfulness of a desire inspiration something that i've always tried to do is fail forward so i've always tried to take my shortcomings and understand my strengths and allow them to move fluidly so that they weren't a hindrance because I, I believe that life is a long game and sometimes the best move that day is just showing up. Sometimes the, 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 the best move is trusting the, the crazy ways that the ball might bounce that day, but you got to show up to even be in the game. So my best certainly looks different on certain days and I don't try and compare my best to when I'm on to my best when I'm off because I feel that that would bring my frequency down. So I try and stay as present as I can, live moment to moment, show up in each moment and, and trust, trust who I've built myself over the years. And again, I've really tried to build myself personally rather than professionally or in a, a certain area. And I feel that that's benefited me so much because I can walk into any situation 
and feel confident, feel as if I deserve to be there because I have been practicing my entire life for that moment. Not in a specific, you know, designated compartment, but holistically I've practiced trying to be the best human being possible. And I know that no matter what situation I'm in, that I will be able to find my feet and put one in front of the other. And it means so much to do that. And it comes along with this confidence that's radically humble, not an ignorant, arrogant, false perception of self that creates more of an imposter syndrome, which exists, by the way, in sports and entertainment as much as anywhere else in the world. But yet we still have to be present. But I really want to discuss your perspective of outcomes. Mm. Uh, and one of the difficult things that I have articulating to people is this idea of this ferocious Buddha that I created. It's like, so you don't have any goals, Mr. Meltzer? You don't have any uh, objectives because you're going to allow everything to happen? And I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm articulating the idea of being active, which is karma, activity or action means karma today, but allowing the outcomes. How have you been able in sports and entertainment, which are extremely judgmental or opinion based of your outcomes, right? If you win the Academy Award, you're the best. If you don't, you're disappointed. Or even if you're Will Smith, you win it and you could be pissed. Who knows? Uh, determined upon what outcomes you're expecting. How have you been able to create this uh, dichotomy between a ball busting badass of day presence compared to very Buddhist in, hey man, I'm just gonna allow the outcomes to let them fall where they may. One sentence, uh, seek affirmations from your actions, not your acknowledgements. So I learned that that was the only way that I could get through and get by because again, it goes back to controlling what you can control. And I was able to control if I, if I gave it my all, if I worked hard. And I had to know that that moment, whether it went the right way or quote unquote the wrong way, it was still a perfect rep. It was still um, a, a step in the right direction because I learned from it or, or I, I got something from it, what have you. So again, it's seeking affirmations from your actions, not your acknowledgements, because people might not give you the praise, people might not give you the role, people might not give you the job, but you know the work you did prior and you know who you are as a person. That's why I think there's a huge difference between professional and personal. I think this is like the third time that I brought it up because I'm, I, it, I, it means so much to me. And I tell you one thing, if I would have focused professionally my whole life, I wouldn't be here today. Right. I would probably be in Chattanooga, Tennessee as a dentist because professionally that's what I thought I was going to do. But I worked on myself personally and because of that, it led to different things. It opened other doors. So when it comes to outcomes, we can't control outcomes. We can always control inputs. So when we focus more on the input than the outcome and we seek affirmation from our actions, not our acknowledgements, I think in the process of the long game of life, we're so proud of who we become. Yeah, and the problem with acknowledgement, which stems from the base of acquiring knowledge, is that knowledge isn't acquired instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And so good behavior doesn't create good progress that's, uh, that we're capable of being aware of. And even worse, bad progress doesn't create bad progress that we can be aware of. So those outcomes don't cr come until it's too late. We've either quit the positive yes. or we've continued the negative. In order to facilitate that, one of the things about being an athlete, which you were, that I think is important about all our kids playing sports 
is that it allows you to be consistent to practice mm -hmm. long enough to receive the knowledge of outcomes, meaning I can see where my bad behaviors have created bad results and my good behaviors have created good results because I've had baseball practice on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, <laughs> and game Saturday and Sunday for an entire year. Mm -hmm. And this accumulative effect, I now have a capability of being aware of. How important is consistency and was it part of what you learned as you had this self-development uh, pursuit through athletics or was there something else that brought the importance of consistency into your life? Consistency is one of the most important factors when it comes to success. And I want to loosely define success in this context as happiness, peace, and fulfillment. Right? I like that so definition. So if we use that definition, then I think consistency is imperative. The compounding effect is so, uh, vastly underrated and i think we we underestimate what we can achieve in a lifetime sometimes we overestimate what we can achieve in uh, a year you know so when we look at things from a macro perspective understanding uh again the long game and some moves take months years decades to manifest and truly for it all to click and make sense um i think that's just something as i've matured as I've had things that I practiced when I was 10, 11, 12, that click more now at 30, 31, 32, which is the hard work, the, the, the dedication. It, it does make sense why um, I had that little star on my hat and I was an all-star on the rec league. That leadership that I used on the field to rally my team when we were down six, seven in the bottom of the fifth, what have you. Um, I'm using that same stuff now to talk to, to my agents, my managers, to, to rally and get us together. It's the same exact skills. And, and I'm seeing the consistency has now made me a much better leader. So I think understanding that the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago, but the second best time to plant a tree is today and having faith in your works and your actions and trusting that the consistency and compounding effect of what you do is going to pay off. Maybe not in the way that you think it is, but I promise you're gonna level up and grow. And again, have that success, which we loosely define as peace, happiness, and fulfillment. I love that loosely defined. I loosely define it as the enjoyment of the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of our truth, our potential, a trajectory of where we think we want to be or better, which allows the outcomes to be protected and promoted, not punishment when they don't come out or turn out the way we think they are in a sea of no's. Uh, when we do realize that a lot of the no's that we receive were actually yeses, yes, as far as where we want to be or better. Uh, one of my favorite thought leaders, young thought leaders, inspirational speakers, entrepreneurs, and by the way, he's a damn good actor as well. Hunter Cloudis, thank you for joining me here at the greatest stadium so far ever built. <laughs> I'm David Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. <laughs>